Hey, everybody. I'm so grateful that you decided to join us here at Embassy City. Whether you are a resident of our church or you're a part of our extended Embassy family, I just want to say thank you for worshiping with us today. Thank you for being a part of us opening up the Word of God and being fed spiritually. Listen, speaking of opening up, Governor Abbott in the great state of Texas has declared that we are starting to go into reopening uh, our state. And as a result of that, I just wanted to tell the Embassy City family that we are in phase one of reopening as of May 1st. Uh, and we are not a part of phase one. We're not even a part of phase two. We are a part of phase three. That's where large gatherings uh, will start having permissions to meet back together. Uh, that is at least another month or so away, and we are going to make sure and ensure that your safety is at our highest priority. So as much as I miss hugging you, as much as I miss hearing the amens, the feedback, my mom waving the hanky at the 10 a.m., the, the, the energy of our 12 p.m. services, your safety is very important to me. And so while we might have to go through this just a little bit longer, I want to make sure that when we come back, if we can't get back to hugging, we can at least get back to a fist bump. So stay tuned. We'll make sure we keep you updated. But as for right now, we're going into the word of God. Let's go. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them. And I'm so hyped about this weekend's message that I, that, that I don't even want to do any declarations. We, we declare that God is good and we declare that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today. I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter number nine. The book of Acts chapter number nine. We're starting a series this weekend that if you are a, a resident of Embassy City Church, then this is going to sound ridiculously familiar to you. The series is entitled Reentry. That's right. What? Reentry? Man, if I, if I go back in my mind, if I flip open my notes, I think I remember a series called Reentry. Well, it would have been a year ago this month that I did a series entitled Reentry. And we talked about PTSD and all the things that happen when God changes you from the inside out. And everything around you is the same except you. You're re-entering as a different you. Well, as our country is starting to reopen and we're going from quarantine and stay-at-home protocols to phases one and phases two and phases three, I thought it would be a good time to revisit not the same exact messages but the same titles the same book, chapter, and verse, and see what the Holy Spirit has to say to us now about what the world is going on around us. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Exodus. Exodus, no, I'm so sorry. Acts chapter number 9. I got Exodus on the brain. That's next week. Acts chapter number 9. I'm going to read you the 10th through the 19th verses. Then we'll pray and see what the Holy Spirit will say, all right? So Acts chapter number nine, starting at the 10th verse, here's what it says. 
Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask a man from Tarsus named Saul. Ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. So this is a great time to give you the title of this message. I'm, I'm so excited because I believe God's going to speak to you in a fresh way through a series we did a year ago, but with uh, a new perspective because of the times that we're in right now. So if you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is Come Get Your Sight. Write that down. Take notes. Come get your sight. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, I pray that we would re-enter our world in such an upset way that we can't do anything but upset others. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter number nine uh, stands as a huge pivot in the book of Acts because Saul was a devout Pharisee, one who loved God, and one who loved his Jewish roots. He was a man who studied the law, followed it to perfection, as much perfection as he could, and was a great defender of that law to people who would teach or preach anything else. Isn't it amazing that we can have a relationship with God, and as God begins to do new things in our lives or around our lives, if we are not careful, we can find ourselves making uh, a religious trap out of the very things that God gave us to liberate us. Saul found himself in this type of situation when on the road to Damascus, after hearing about all the things that Jesus' followers were doing, on the road to Damascus, he was given the authority to go into this city and to apprehend anyone that was teaching Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, have them arrested, brought back to trial, and if tried, Paul would have 
surely spoke in support of their death. Saul is on the way to Damascus and he has an encounter with Jesus that changes his life. I just want to stop right there because you need to know that that if you have come into a relationship with Jesus, it should be the type of encounter that changes your life. If you have somehow, some way, had the opportunity to come into an encounter with Jesus and nothing about your life has changed, then what I'm here to tell you, and I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, you probably didn't meet Jesus. Maybe you met someone talking about Jesus. Maybe you met the idea of Jesus. Maybe you like certain qualities of Jesus. But I don't know anyone that has really, truly come into a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that hasn't literally had their life turned upside down. Saul, on the way to Damascus, hears this voice from heaven, and the words are in red. Saul! Saul! It was literally Jesus, not an angel, not Gabriel talking to him. It was literally Jesus speaking to Saul and telling him, why are you persecuting me? You're not persecuting the people. You are actually persecuting me. Saul's response is interesting. He says, who are you, Lord? He calls him Lord, but he realizes he doesn't know who he is. Can I just stop right there? It is possible to, to have knowledge of the Lord and not know who he really is. It is possible to have knowledge of the faith, but not know or understand how to operate in that faith. It is possible to have knowledge of God, but not be intimately involved in the relationship with God. Saul says, who are you, Lord? I don't know you. And he says, hey, I'm going to do something supernatural in your life. There was a byproduct to this encounter, though, and it was that Saul winds up blind. He winds up coming out of this exchange with Jesus, and he can't see a thing. Moments before, he was focused, vision, literal vision, set on Damascus, getting to that city, and and. and uh, confronting everyone that, that had a relationship with Jesus. And now he can't see anything. He can only hear something. I want to stop and, and slow that down. He can't see anything. He can only hear something. I'm going to say it again. He, he can't see anything. He can only hear something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God shut down Saul's sight to open up his ears. He's blind. The people that were accompanying him on this journey guide him into Damascus where he stays at a man named Judas's house on Straight Street. And he gets in that house and he is quarantined in that house for three days. He's quarantined in the house for three days. Now, I, I know that, that, that Saul's quarantine hasn't lasted as long as, as your quarantine or my quarantine, but, but he was quarantined just the same for three days. He does not eat. For three days, he does not drink. He is sitting in silence 
in a man's house named Judas on Straight Street. Can I just can I just stop right there and, and say I love the fact that Saul winds up on Straight Street. He doesn't wind up on Front Street. The Lord doesn't put him on blast. He winds up on Straight Street. That, that God would love him, a much, love him so much that, that to course correct his thinking, to course correct his theology, to course correct the ways that he was going about serving God, that he would put him on a street called straight. I know some of you all can relate to this, that there have been some seasons and times in your life where you were going the wrong way and God had to put you on a street called straight. You were, you were veering off the road and you were disobedient and God had to put you on a street called straight. You were, you, you were tempted to go to the left when God wanted you to go to the right and he had to put you on a street called straight. Saul's in quarantine and he is hanging out in this house. And while he is hanging out in this house, God starts dealing with his heart. I'm going to say that again. While he is hanging out in the house, God starts dealing with his heart. In quarantine, in a stay-at-home measure, while you are in the house, my prayer and my hope is that God has been dealing with your heart. While you've had limited access to go outside and because of coronavirus, you, would, you, you don't want to even step outside that while you are in the house right now preparing for this reentry, that God is dealing with your heart. So I want to go over the, the, the three things God did for Paul in quarantine. If you're taking notes, that's what I want you to write down. I want to go over the three things that God did for Paul in quarantine. I'm so hyped about these three points because I believe that if God could do this for Paul in quarantine, then he could do it for you in quarantine as well. If we are indeed about to reopen the country, if we are indeed about to make some re-entries, then I believe this time that we've had in the house, this time that we've had on lockdown, this time that we've had on quarantine has been preparing us to step back out and reintroduce ourselves in ways that we never thought possible prior to this season coming upon us. So, all right, the three things that God did for Paul in quarantine, point number one, please write this down. God changed the way Paul saw Jesus privately. Write that down. God changed the way Paul saw Jesus privately. Parenthetically, you can write, that Paul got a personal revelation of Jesus. Acts chapter number 9 and 19 says this, afterward he ate some food and regained his strength. Afterwards he ate some food and regained his strength. The verse goes on to say that he stayed in Damascus with some people, but it was in private. He hadn't gone out yet. He hadn't talked to anybody yet. He was in private, and while in private, he got a personal revelation of Jesus. I don't know who this is for, but maybe this time of isolation, maybe this season of quarantine has been uh, uh, designed for you personally to get your heart 
uh, uh, exposed to a new revelation of Jesus in a way that you've never had in the past. Maybe, just maybe, God wanted to get some time with you, more time than you've had in the last decade, so that you could get a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. This is what happens for Paul in quarantine. God changed the way Paul saw Jesus privately. He didn't want to do it in front of everybody else. He gets him alone. He gets him isolated. He gets him in quarantine. And he begins to give him a fresh revelation, a new revelation, a new impartation of what it is Jesus means and who it is Jesus will be if you open up your heart to him. See, I believe that everybody needs a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to just hear a preacher talk about it. It's not enough to have been raised in church. It's not enough to just be a PK kid. You need a personal revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. And that doesn't happen in a revival setting. That happens in those private moments of devotion when you're allowing God to speak to you and reveal to you who he is, and who he wants to be in your life. Point number two, please write this down. The second thing that God did for Paul in quarantine, write this down, God changed the way Paul saw Jesus publicly. First thing he did was change the way he saw him privately. And point number two is God changed the way Paul spoke of Jesus publicly. And if you want to put this in parentheses, put public declaration. So he gives him a private revelation, but then he changes his public declaration. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number nine, verse number 20. And immediately, let me just stop right there because that word means something to me. It doesn't say that, that, that he took some time, three or four months, a couple of years went back to school, decided to get another degree. It says immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the son of God. Hear me, a private revelation leads to a public declaration. This is why we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And so I want somebody to know that if you get a private revelation, it's going to change your public declaration. And it doesn't need to change over time. It changes when? Immediately. Saul doesn't come out of the house and and hey, you know, guys, hey, I'm working on my relationship with Jesus. And, and when I get to know him a little bit better, no, then I'll start talking about him. No, I need you to understand that immediately his public declaration is he is indeed the son of God. That is the testimony of every believer in Jesus Christ, that Jesus is indeed the son of God. It changes our public declaration Instantly, your public declaration used to be that you were ratchet. Your public declaration used to be that you were on drugs. Your public declaration used to be that you were bitter. Your public declaration maybe was that you were angry or had low self-esteem. But when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it changes your declaration from the inside out to not be about you, but to be about him. Jesus is indeed the son of God. 
See, my prayer is that, that in, this, in this lockdown, in this quarantine, in, in this time that you've had in the house for God to work on your heart, that you come out with a different public declaration, that you don't come out with a public declaration of depression. You don't come out with a, with a public declaration of repression. You come out with a public declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is indeed the son of God. Jesus Christ is Lord and he has been my provider. Jesus Christ is Lord and he has been my peace. Jesus Christ is Lord and he has been my deliverer. Jesus Christ is Lord and he has been my grace. Jesus Christ is Lord and he has showed me mercy. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And this is so good because when that declaration changes, Changes the perspective, not only of yourself, but everybody around you. Point number three, please write this down. God changed the way Paul saw himself personally. This is the, the third thing that God did for Paul in quarantine. He changed the way Paul saw himself personally. Put this in parentheses. This is about personal liberation. See, it's not just enough to, to, to get a revelation of God. It's not enough to just understand who Jesus is in your life if you don't understand what it means for you personally. See, see, see God gave Paul a private revelation that led to a public declaration but it concluded with him in personal liberation. So I want to read you why I gave you this third point, because I hope that it helps to change some people's mind about the way that you see yourself. Acts chapter number nine, verse number 21 says this. All who heard him were amazed. Here's what they said. This is so good. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? I love this. This is so good. He said, uh, they, they, they all asked the question when they, when, they, when they heard his public declaration, isn't this the guy that was trying to kill us? Isn't this the guy that was trying to arrest us? Isn't this the guy that used to do all these bad things? Isn't that the girl that used to go clubbing every night and get drunk to the point that she could not remember the day before? Isn't that the guy that used to be so violent that if you said good morning to him wrong, he punched you in the mouth. Isn't this the individual that has so much low self-esteem and brokenness that they couldn't even take a compliment? Isn't this the person that, 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 that grappled with depression to the point that they could never get out of the bed? Let me tell you what a private revelation of Jesus does and a public declaration of Jesus does. It brings about personal liberation on the inside of us so that we can see ourselves in the way God sees us and not the way we behaved in the past. Isn't that the person that, 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 that you said always cusses people out? Paul heard what they thought about him based on his past actions. But he did not let it dictate his present reality. He was personally liberated from the actions of his past 
and he allowed he did not allow them to haunt his mind to the point that he would not move out and be who God was calling him to be right now. I just want you to think about this. In less than seven days, Paul goes from being an accuser and a prosecutor of believers to being a brother and an apostle of believers. Within seven days, y'all, this is personal revelation, personal liberation at the highest order, y'all. Why am I saying that? Because he does not allow the actions of his past to hinder him from being who God called him to be in the present and move forward to his future. I don't know who this point is for, but I'm trying to tell you, it does not matter what you've done in the past. If you get a private revelation of Jesus and you are bold enough to make that a public declaration, then from the inside out, God wants to give you freedom that you can experience that will liberate you from what you used to be in your past, that will liberate you from what you used to do in your past, and you can have a future worth celebrating with the testimony of what God has brought you out of. Isn't that the man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? I can imagine Paul hearing that and saying, yeah, that's me. And did he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? And Paul's like, yeah, man, that was me. I'm the same guy, except I'm not the same guy. I'm making a reentry. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Saul. <laughs> Some of y'all got it. This is what God wants to do for each and every one of us. As we make reentries into society, as we, as we make reentries into our lives, as we, as we make reentries into our family, I, I, I think that this quarantine has, has served a purpose for us to get a new revelation of who Jesus is, for us to calibrate what we publicly declare, and for us to have personal liberation for what it is that we see in ourselves as it relates to Jesus Christ. God's going to do something significant in your life through this series, and I'm so excited to see what he does and how it processes through you. Listen, let me pray for you. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for each and every single person that's watching. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them in lockdown, in quarantine, a private revelation of who you are. I pray that that private revelation leads to a public declaration of who you are. And I pray that that public declaration leads to personal liberation of who they are. You may be watching me right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, I'm telling you. While you're still in the house, let God change your heart. All you got to do is open your mouth and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Repent of your sins and you'll be saved. If you've made that confession privately, 
then I challenge you to make that confession publicly. And you'll see liberation personally. Y'all, I love you so much. And I'm so glad that we get to start this series. I cannot wait until next week to give you part two. Reentry. We are stepping in. Everything around us is the same. Except us. It's time to reintroduce ourselves and get reacquainted with who God has transformed us into during this season. Reentry is going to look good on you, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. The best is yet to come. I'll see you next week.